0: are ridiculous these guys are ridiculous
1: now how about them damn Celtics and we are back with another episode of the how about them Celtics podcast Sam and I are here recording on Saturday December 17th uh and we have Keith Smith Keith Smith NBA from Celtics blog and spot track uh spot track excuse me later on in the show uh we're gonna do a few minutes by ourselves maybe he'll get the
2: pronunciation Uh, right when he joins
1: yeah, exactly. I think I think I got it right when we had Keith, but uh, now that he's gone, I had to mess it up because it's what I do. But uh, before Keith gets here, we wanted to touch base quickly, uh, you know, recording the day after the Celtics lost to the Orlando Magic, but uh, highlighted by a Robert Williams return, Time Lord finally came back uh, to play for the Celtics. What did you see from Rob? I mean, I was mostly just hyped that he was back, uh, but he, he looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah, who who doesn't
2: love a nice return? Uh, it was cool to be there. Nice standing ovation for Rob as he checked in the game. The production team did a cool graphic on the scoreboard. They did a cool video. It was pretty hype. except they lost. Uh, his first stint was comically bad. He had three fouls within four minutes of checking in the game. He really should have had four, but they gave one of them to Al Horford. Um, but after that, he really impacted the game well. He was blocking shots. He was throwing mm-hmm. down dunks. There was a stretch in the game when the Celtics were really down. He came in and they clawed back, got to seven or eight, something like that. And he was really a big part of that. His energy helped the team. And he there that we saw last season before he tore his meniscus. That that was the good thing. And we talk about it with Keith a little bit, but you really see like they didn't rush him back and he looks like yes. he's ready to go. All, all the speculation that, they might be rushing him back. It might be too soon. Why do you need to put him back in the lineup now? It's only December. Your team's the best team in the league. There's no need to, to do this. They understood that, it looks like. You're not going to have a repeat of the inj- injured past the Celtics have with injured players, right, of, of Anthony yeah. Davis's dad saying they're mean.
1: You're just not <laughs> going to have
2: that. He he looks ready to go, which is good, despite that gigantic brace that we saw on his knee last week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rob looked great. Uh, he was, we talked about this with Keith. He's kind of out of breath uh, in the first few minutes. Like he looked slow. He, he got a few fouls in the first few minutes, but then he finally picked it up Threw down a few lobs uh, blocked a shot. Uh, he, he looked good. And I, I think you'll start seeing him, excuse me, ramp up in terms of minutes over the next few weeks uh, as he gets used to playing on the court. Uh, unfortunately, the Celtics did lose to the magic, which is not exactly what you want to hear for the best team in the league. I'm not overly concerned. They've dropped three out of the last four, which is not great, but I just think they've hit a shooting slump and they need to, to break out of it. They need to get back to what they were doing. I'm not, you know, going to, I'm not ready to hit the panic button. I'll put it that way, but it is definitely concerning to see them kind of divert back to some of the bad habits they had, which again, we do talk about with Keith, but
2: yeah. No, it's, it's not panic button time, but when you lose three out of four, it's never fun. And when you lose one of them, when you return home from a long ass road trip and you lose to a bottom feeder team, despite despite they they have played well lately. In fairness, the five Magic, in a row now for them, right? Five in a row. I think if, if all those wins with faults were in a row, then it's five in a row. And him being there is good. He's a quality player when he's not injured. So the team is probably better than their record is. But regardless of that, it's not a team that's really going to contend for a title this year. Even if they manage to string together some wins and get in the play-in or whatever it's a team you should be beating in this situation. Maybe, maybe the Celtics were too worried about the Rob return and it was more focused on that than the game. That's a possibility. They definitely let the officiating get under their skin. Official number 60 was really bad, by the way, he was bad. Sam he was bad. Him out. He, I, I don't know what his name was. I thought it was a different guy. It was not, but loved, loved the reviews, loved making calls when the play was across the floor from him. It was bad. The guy in front of me at the game was not thrilled with the officiating. Let me tell you, <laughs> he was, I I said something. Oh, I was complaining when they called the travel on Brown. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that made the call. And he was at half, like behind half court
1: uh, away from the ball. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And there was a ref right where the travel happened. And that guy didn't make the call. And I was like, how are you going to make the call when you, at half court? And he's like, I was like, yeah, it's right.
1: How, how are you going to do that for you? <laughs>
2: James is all about is it. who you're looking for. Mr.
1: What's his James name? James Williams. James Williams.
2: Poor showing <laughs> there you from go. James Williams
1: yesterday. Sam not happy with number 60 calling out the officials. You're not one to call out the officials either, so he must have been not great. <laughs> I just thought <laughs> it was a lot of like
2: stoppage of the game, a lot of unnecessary calls, a lot of calls when the Celtics were clawing back. Like it was just untimely whistles that were ticky tack, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't go. For, I don't like the ticky tack either way. Not a fan of the fouls and the three-point shot either way. I was explaining that to somebody yesterday. Um, but, yeah. What are you going to do? Al Horford
1: hey, got tossed, too. Gone. <laughs> See you yeah. later.
2: Mo Wagner is on the rat list now. <laughs> I meant to say it when Keith was with us. Yeah, we talked about it. He's on the rat list.
1: He is a rat. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I I can't disagree with you. I'll put it that way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I nothing to say. Um. All right. So uh, since we do have a nice long conversation with Keith coming up for you, we decided to do something uh, new, something fun. We're going to do a draft. I mean, we're going to yoink it from JJ Redick and every other TikTok podcaster is out there, but <clears throat> we are going to do a draft. Uh, and Sam's idea, since Robert Williams came, you know, what, I'll let you explain it. It was your idea. Explain what we're doing. Yeah. Now.
2: All right. Cool, man. Uh, so Friday night against the magic, you got to see a cool moment when you watch Celtics game, whether you were there or watching on TV, it was a very cool moment seeing Rob come back from injury. The whole arena was all about it. I kind of talked about the standing ovation. It was a big event. It was probably something that pumped up the ticket prices. Once people found out, to be honest with you, <laughs> Dude, um, I called so it, Jack I told and you I, was coming back. Yeah. Jack called it. Good. Good for you, Jack. Good. Good vision. Thank you. sorry go ahead but jack and i are going to go through and pick out some of the best uh moments of that variety meaning yeah yeah like i don't know not like championships but individual moments whether it's somebody coming back from injury somebody coming back to an old team somebody's final game things like that that are just going to be moments a crowd will remember forever
1: I just, t- I have cool moments in sports when we, when we did it, I, okay. I thought of like some of the coolest things that happened in sports, like memorable moments effectively is what, okay. So like f- we're going to each draft five of the most memorable moments in sports. Who who wants to go first? I don't, we didn't, you can go first. Do we want to do snake draft? Like I get one, you get two, or do you want to just do back? And no, just, <laughs> just do the. Back All right. Oh man. Give me first pick is tough. I will. I'll, I'll preface this with Sam and I are like, are both what? 23, 24 right now. So there's yeah. going to be some recency bias, right? We're not like I am personally not going to pick stuff from like, you know, the the 70s and 80s. Like that's just well cuz that's just not what I I grew up watching. So I am going to start with
2: but a Before you start, yeah. If you did grow up then, put them in the comments. Put your picks in the comments. Or replies yeah, let us to whatever know. you're seeing this on.
1: <laughs> let us know. All right. I'm going to start with some bias since mm. we're Boston based. Uh I'm going to go not the 2004 title, but I want David Ortiz's performance in the ALCS. I want the Red Sox coming back down from 3-0 beating the Yankees in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. David Ortiz's home run sending the game, uh, you know, uh winning the game, game-winning home runs. I want the 2004 ALCS, not the World Series, breaking the curse is cool, but that ALCS against the Yankees, that's that's what I want. I want David Ortiz's performance in the 2004 ALCS. Very specific, but that's that's my pick. Okay. All right.
2: Well, I'm going to say Kobe's last game. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I thought it was either going to be that one for you or a different thing that I might pick next if you don't pick it. And I was just going to take whichever one you didn't pick. But I think that's a cool moment. People paid up the ass to go to that game. People were paying thousands and thousands of dollars on eBay for bags of air filled from the Staples Center that day. And Mm -hmm. I hate the Lakers, but that's a cool Mm -hmm. moment. And at the time, I was so salty about all the attention it was getting. But it's cool. Scored 60 yeah, no, points.
1: That, that was a good took, one. That, took a million shots. He still took a million shots. Still was chucking. Did. But it was a cool moment. He did. That was uh that was top of my list. But I, I want since I had the first pick, I wanted to get a, a mm. Boston pick. But um I'm gonna go not a Boston sport, not even basketball, not even American. I'm going overseas for this one. I want Leicester City winning the Premier League as my memorable Oh, that's a good court. one. Is that fair? Is that on the table? Can I take that? Yeah, you're doing team stuff, man. You're lame. You're not picking players. <laughs> I wanted, I thought memorable moments, and there's that's nothing fine. more memorable. No, that's fine, because we'll just have I mean, different lists. Leicester City winning, winning the Premier League. It's absolutely a memorable moment. It's something people I think will that's never top forget. That's Those top fans that's will that's cherish that one one. forever. Yeah, Them lifting the trophy, even
2: though I'm pretty sure – they confirmed won the title on a day they weren't playing, so they were all at like somebody's house. That's fine. Watching I'm the game, still taking
1: it. I'm still taking it. Lester winning the Premier League. That's that's top tier.
2: Okay. Well, I will take the other pick that I thought would be one of the first two picks, which is Jeter's last game where he okay, hits okay. a walk off single, uh, and wins against the Orioles. Very Kobe esque. Two of the same things, but people paid up the ass to be there for that one. They got a show. They got a great moment. I love that kind of thing when it's it's a final
1: chapter on a career. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good one. Since you're giving me some slack for the team ones, I, I want to avoid a team one now. I do have some other team ones, but I'm gonna go to <clears throat> excuse me a player thing. I'm stuck between two. And again, since we're younger, these are more recent things, so there may not be like as huge in the grand scheme of things. But like I remember watching it. I'll put it that way. I'm gonna go with. See, there's one I like better, and there's one that I think is a better pick. You know what I'm saying? So I think I'm going to go with the one I think is the better pick. I'm going to go Kawhi's Game 7 shot over the 76ers. Uh, oh, that's a good moment. Okay. Second round of the playoffs. Uh, only buzzer beater win in Game 7 history, I believe. Uh, so I'm going to go with Kawhi's game winner over the Sixers. Hmm. I wonder what your other one is. See, I'm just going to stick with the same thing. I'm going to say... Paul Pierce's last game at the
2: garden was like you're just going last cool games. Game. <laughs> He's going kind of He's Well, this is what I meant. It's like things people knew were going to happen. Like they showed up for it. Yeah. I know, and I know and it, it, that was a crazy one because it wasn't like the other two where he was playing. Like it was all about, well, it was all about him, but he wasn't on mm-hmm. the team anymore. It was just the Clippers were in town. It was going to be the last time yep. he was there. Yep. And doc started him and then didn't play him for the whole game. And then people were starting to wonder, like, is he going to come back in? People throughout the game, chanting they want Paul, chanting for Paul Pierce. Mm -hmm. And then they finally put him in. He makes a shot with, like, no time left. It was the best.
1: No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, I think we had different lists because I thought of memorable moments and you thought of, like, very individual accolades. So (laughs) it makes for a better draft. It makes for a better draft. Uh, Oh, man. What do I go with next? This is this is getting tough now. Uh, I'm going to go back to a team moment and you're not going to like me for this pick. Actually, no, I'm not. No, I'm going to go individual. I'm going to go Tiger Woods winning the 2019 Masters after like being away after being. See, That's a a good one. I know you're not a golf guy. Me, my dad and my brother who like grew up watching Tiger, watching him win 2019 Masters. Just fire, like like I don't watch golf. I make fun of my brother for watching golf, but watching Tiger like come back to win the 2019 Masters, like all time, all time. That was great. I enjoyed it. So yeah, that that's my pick. Okay.
2: oh man, I got to think of something that is not super super recent because <laughs> see, hey, the I've, recency I've bias is real. Recent ones. <laughs> oh man, I think you know what a cool one is, and and this is cool because there's a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan coming back to play for the Wizards and going back to United Center. Okay. That's cool because first of all, I love I'm a sucker for those kind of homecoming games. Like I love the Paul Pierce and Garnett one when they came back with the nets, but Jordan go back to United Center is really cool because the mm-hmm. ownership of Chicago, the front office was like kind of salty about the whole thing. The last dance, Jerry Krause, <laughs> all that yeah. and the public address announcer was told not to give him like a spotlight to really gas up him coming out in the starting lineup, whatever. And he did it anyway. And they fired the guy.
1: Ooh, you muted yourself somehow. Are you? What is happening? Why Why are you muted? I can't hear you. You can't hear me now. Oh, now I can. Do I sound normal? Yeah, you sound normal. That was very weird. You just went silent for a second. Dude. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, it was really cool. I mean,
2: he retired from basketball, came back twice, came back to United Center with another team. Somebody got fired for him. That rules. I mean, I was a so big fan good. of – I don't even like football. I think football is the most annoying sport. But I thought Brady coming back to Foxborough last year was cool too mm, and that was and breaking cool. the passing record.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. You can take that if you want. I'm not picking it. But that, that's, that's another one I thought was pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick that one. I have on my list. uh, You know, I'm not going to give you actually your last pick. We can go over things we didn't pick. Um, I'm going to go 29 to three. That was, I think, the coolest thing I watched. 28 to three. Sorry, 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 sorry. Picking it, you don't even know what it is. (laughs) I think that was the coolest moment I ever watched uh, live, watching the Patriots come back. Um, I remember at halftime, I was watching with a few buddies and my brother. My brother went home. He just went back to watch with like the family. I stayed. We moved from the basement to upstairs. We're like, we got to change something. Something's not working. Uh, me, my friends, Jacob, uh, Danny, and other Danny, who you know, uh, Danny. Um, we're watching with my friend Jacob's dad, uh, and they started this comeback. And my friend's dad started to get up, and we all yelled at him. And we're like, you can't move. <laughs> you're not. You're not allowed to move from that spot. Uh, and they came back, and it was. Like I said, that, I think that was the single greatest moment or, or like experience watching sports I've had, and it wasn't even my favorite sport. That, I mean, th- that was incredible. 28 to 3. Uh as I misspoke at the start. Uh yeah, Pat's beating the Falcons in the Super Bowl. That was uh that was all time. Okay. That's a good one.
2: Oh man. I I'll I'll do a team moment, even though I didn't right. want to. I think the <laughs> The Manchester City two goals in stoppage time to win the Premier League in 2012 Mm. is the craziest thing you will probably ever see watching soccer. Uh, the, The call is fantastic. The stadium reaction is fantastic. It is probably one of the best organic moments you'll ever see watching sports. Just if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Look up Manchester City 3 QPR 2 and it is crazy.
1: All right. There we go. Okay, I'll go to the drafts. My draft, I took David Ortiz and the Red Sox in the 2004 ALCS, Leicester City winning the Premier League, Kawhi's game winner over the 76ers, Tiger winning the 2019 Masters, and the Pats coming back to beat the Falcons 28-3. Sam, Kobe's last game, Jeter's last game, Pierce's last game, uh, MJ going back to United Center on the Wizards, and then Man City winning the Premier League, two goals in extra time, uh, 2012 so those are the drafts some things i didn't pick when i was picking between Kawhi and something else i was thinking of dame's game winner because like <clears throat> that was sick over the oh, thunder and lame what that that's was lame. that was series winning that deep i remember watching it live that that was my favorite i like that one better than Kawhi's even because i remember watching it um that was mine miracle and ice would have been another good one if you wanted that team one. that's, Ooh, that's I mean, a good one that is a good <laughs> that, one that's big time uh, sorry I we the... didn't
2: pick any hockey ones neither one of us know <laughs> anything about it. Yeah,
1: yeah i have 2016 world series cubs cubs winning their first series oh that's a, long, a good one long time um i had Giannis winning a championship just because i liked it i love Giannis. i think that's I, I just like him and then obviously Cavs come back 3-1 over the warriors was i mean that's an all-time moment and i know you don't like lebron but that's you can't beat it there's that oh, i just you know,
2: we should do one if we do this again. People, we'll definitely like, do drafts again. We should do best calls of all time because calls mm, are very important. I'd have to do some games.
1: research. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it would probably be a research one. But I have a couple that I like off the top of my head. But, but all right. Moments.
1: I'm not going to spoil it. I don't want. Of course. My of course. Picks be stolen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think of them. Uh, anyways, though, we're going to throw it over to our interview, our talk with Keith Smith now. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you there. Now I'd like to welcome Keith Smith, NBA, to the show. Keith Smith, Celtics blog and spot track. Uh, I was about to check how to pronounce spot track again because I thought I'd get it wrong, but I, I think I I think I think had it, so I didn't bother. You nailed me. it. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad we're there, but uh, thank you for joining us again. Keith, how you been?
0: Yeah, how you? I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. Well, I wish we had you under better circumstances. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, we'd have guests, and it was always, oh, they're still winning, and now it's kind of dropped three last four, dropped their first home game back to the Magic, Uh, The Celtics are not as on form as they were to start the year, Uh, although let's start with a little bit of a high note just because Robert Williams came back. That is the story. Uh, What did you see from Rob in his return? Let's just start with, you know, positive note
0: thought he looked great. I, I thought he looked good physically. He was quick. He was bouncy. He was breathing really heavy, especially in that first stint, but that was to be expected. You know, first time he had played in in months uh, in a real game and, of course, with the adrenaline and being all fired up. But I, I thought he played really well. I, I thought he looked great. I thought uh, the my favorite part of his entire night was when he was landing. There was none of that, like, Hop step stuff. He'd come down. He was running the floor well. Uh, when we saw him last in the playoffs, even when he was gutting through uh, the injury, he was dragging himself up and down the court. You could tell that left leg just wasn't really there. And I thought last night he looked like himself. So you know, is physically, he the timing's going to need work, and he's not in rhythm. But you know, overall, I don't think there's any complaints about the way he played last night.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, to piggyback on the health standpoint of that it's great to see that because it shows the team didn't really rush him back not that they had any reason to but in the past there's always been the controversy about isaiah thomas and other guys like kemba not handling injuries right it looks like this time through one game of course they've done a decent job at making sure he was ready to come back it was kind of funny he went out there and immediately set an illegal screen and had three fouls before he came (laughs) out of the game but throughout the game he got much better again like you said keith he was bouncy he looked like himself he was blocking shots throwing down alley-oops and he impacted the game for the better in the second half for sure they kind of ripped off a nice run to get back in the game when he checked in and he was just all over the place so it was really great to see that it was a cool moment when he checked in jack you were there i paid to be there unfortunately and you know a nice round of applause around the garden and when he threw down the alley-oop from smart it was awesome so that, that was a great thing. Very happy to say that they didn't rush him back. At least that's what it seems.
1: Yeah, they're looking good. And you kind of got every niche from Rob. You got the block. You got the lobs. You got everything you were looking for. And uh, after the game, I remember he said, like, how'd you feel? He goes, I was tired as hell. <laughs> and You could you could tell in the first few minutes. But uh, like you said, he, he, even he talked about it. He's like, after the first lob, I kind of got in a rhythm. I caught my breath. And uh, he looked good. And I, I think it's going to be important. I think he was almost thrusted into a role that was too big or at least Blake Griffin was too because Al Horford got ejected so they kind of had to scramble and figure things out there uh interesting ejection from Al Horford we don't have to spend a ton of time on it but like what <laughs> what was going on there I mean after the game Jason Tatum was basically like oh uh, you know he was getting fouled so he was just getting them off of him you know obviously Horford's sister tweeted out Anna Horford's was like you know that's what you get when someone's kneeing you in the back of the leg it was just <laughs> what did Mo Wagner do to get Al Horford to do that? That's the, that's the question I think.
0: I mean, he did what Mo Wagner does, right? He's an irritant. That's what he's been his entire <laughs> career. He's a guy who gets under guys' skin, and guys take a shot at him. Horford took a shot at him and got caught. I I have no problem at all with that ejection. I, I think it was earned. I think he deserved it. It's completely out of character for Al. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe he short on sleep with the new baby, maybe he was just frustrated. <laughs> I don't know what the case was, but he was obviously, you know, he threw an elbow at a guy and he connected with it. Hey, mm. I don't I think Wagner sold it. And anybody who screams and yells about Wagner selling it while rooting for the Celtics of all teams is you know, that's just seeing things through green glasses. But yeah, it was a. Uh, It's fine. I mean, it happens, right? Sometimes guys get get caught when they throw an elbow or they make a dirty play, and that's what Horford did, and he got got thrown out for it. I have no issue with that ejection.
2: Yeah, when I finally figured out what had happened, it was fine. But we were all confused in the stands. We didn't know. They didn't show the replay in the garden, obviously, because they don't want to show you that they did something wrong. Like, there was a play where Marcus Smart fell and they called a trip on faults, I want to say, and they didn't mm-hmm. show the replay because it was so egregiously bad, and we were all waiting for the call. But once I went on Twitter and I saw what happened, I was like, oh, yeah, he should have been tossed. It's just yeah. aggravating that they let Mo Wagner, of all people, get under their skin and have a great game <laughs> after they dumped him last season, and he was with the Celtics mm-hmm. in, or two seasons ago, and he did like nothing here. He had no, never found any kind of footing with the team and got shipped off to Orlando. Maybe having his brother around helps to carry the load.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the best game. He's gonna probably play all season long. He's he's been fine <laughs> as a role player for the Magic, but I think you know there was way too many people like, see, we blew it. We should have never let him go, and you know all this stuff. And it's like, really, like that, people said here, that. That's your takeaway? Oh yeah. no! Oh, people said all sorts of things. I know. It
2: effect. Bowl it bowl yeah. has been the one that people <laughs> have been whining about oh, yeah. all season.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is is also you know a little ridiculous but that's you know that, that's a misunderstanding that's people thinking everybody's can be traded for anybody you know can be signed and not understanding how the cap and tax works and all that stuff so i that, that stuff i kind of like go in one ear and out the other
1: mm. and bobo was obviously going to get the 30 minutes a game he needed in boston to develop as yeah. as well as he sure. has, clearly um <laughs> jumping back around to the celtics uh something i have on on the show sheet here is they're kind of in a shooting slump i mean throughout the first uh, you know, 20 games of the season. It was all Celtics can't miss best offense in league history. You know, is this sustainable, et cetera. And while I, I think their great shooting is sustainable, they were bound to hit a slump of some sort. Eventually Derek White's kind of fallen off a little bit. Sam Hauser's fallen off Marcus smart, who was hot for a while. He's not shooting as well. Even Grant Williams is shooting like 36% over these last four games, which is league average, but considering he was shooting 50% to start the year, it's not as good. Um, I see, you know, you see on Twitter a lot of people complaining, oh, this wasn't never sustainable, blah, blah, blah. Complaining the world is ending, of course. For me personally, <laughs> for me personally, it's less concern about the slump and more concern about how the Celtics are responding live to the shooting woes, right? Like they're they're turning the ball over, they're they're changing the way they play offense, they're not hustling as much on defense. You heard Tatum say it after the game last night against the Magic, you know, we're not playing with the same energy when we're not shooting well and we're letting it affect us. What concerns you most about the Celtics' offensive woes, and how do you think they move forward from it?
0: Yeah, it's what you said. It's that they're, they allow too many things to take them out of their game, uh, whether it's officiating and feeling like they're not getting calls. And that's starting to creep back in after mostly a year of it getting better. It's It's been really unfortunate to see them uh, continue to – go to pieces when they feel like things aren't going their way. That's you, you would hope after a finals run that they would have gotten past that. And they, they just haven't. And it's, you know, it really is unfortunate at times, but the most worrisome thing for me is when the ball stops moving, when the players stop moving, when it turns into one or two past possessions, uh, search out a screen and then I'm going to hold it nicely. I mean, they had possessions in the losses on the road trip where it was one guy held the ball without even dribbling it for 10 seconds with a series of jab steps while nobody else moved. And that's just not, it's not good offense. It's not good basketball. Um, Last night they generated something like 41 open to wide open three point shots. So they still got great looks. They just didn't make them. And, you know, for me, stick with it, stick with what works there. Even if they're not going down, you gotta, that's who you are. Sometimes you're not going to hit them and you're going to lose games. It'll happen, but you can't, you can't go through these uh, pieces where you really feel like, all right, well, we don't know what to do now, so let's just throw it to the main guys and isolate like that. That just gets too messy. And, you know, the the carelessness with the ball, too, when it creeps back in. Jalen Brown, egregious last night against the Magic in seven turnovers, and by my count, in the first quarter alone, he had four more that he got bailed out on. Either somebody else came up with the loose ball or mm. he recovered it twice himself. Like, that's just, that's way too many. Like, you you know, once you get up over two, three as a single player, that, that's, you know, that's rough. And it's, you're not going to have a good offensive production when you're turning it over like that.
2: Yeah. I definitely get more frustrated with the three point shooting than most, but I agree. Really? Do you? Me? Are yeah. You, me, are you me, frustrated me, people? But I, I get the most upset, like you said, Keith, when they're really not working to get shots and it's lazy offense and it's one or two passes and then they chuck. When you are working the shot clock, you're running offense, you're moving around, and then you're creating those shots, it's fine. Some days they don't fall. Yesterday was one. And there was a, it was just a recipe for disaster yesterday with the Celtics. They were missing shots. They were mad at the officials. Everything that gets under their skin happened and they didn't respond well but I get the most upset probably when they pass up good looks inside for a three. There was a play and if Brogdon made the shot. One of the like two to the, but Rob is on the block with like a guard. It might've been Cole Anthony in front of him between him and the rim. And he passed out to Brogdon for three instead of dunking. And they're trying to come back. I was beside myself. I don't like when they elect to kick out of the paint, even if they have a decent look for a three.
0: Yeah, my issue with with Rob is you're never gonna throw it to Rob on the block with anybody on him because he has no no moves. He doesn't have anything he can go to there. And that's and that's fine, right? I mean he, he maybe that'll eventually develop for him. I'd love to see him have, you know, just even a turn and face and one dribble and power through a guy or a little jump hook or something, but I'm never gonna gonna throw it to him on the block because it's I don't care who's guarding him unless unless he literally has him pinned under the basket all he needs to do is turn a dunk that's a different story and I know it was funny I saw some people you know complain I think it's one of the Brogdon plays you were mentioning whereas like Rob kicked out of a dunk to throw it to Brogdon well some of that's timing wise but Rob did that the last two years too, where he catches it. If he's not comfortable on the roll, he'll usually pick out a shooter or a cutter and find the guy there. So it's I, I don't have a huge issue with that. And the reality is Brogdon made the shot. So I don't, I'm not, i am not not <laughs> sure what what all the belly aching is, you know, about it. When when you know corner three is a pretty good shot. It's it's uh you know, for Malcolm Brogdon, who's one of the league leaders in three-point shooting, it's not all that worse of a shot than Rob trying to put it in from an odd angle where he didn't catch it clean.
1: Hmm. There. This is me putting my tinfoil hat on here, completely random, kind of, you know, off to the side of this conversation. Again, tinfoil hat. Do you ever think there will be a point where Rob, not regularly, but shoots a three? Do, do nice. you do you think Rob would ever be in that sort of – I'm just <laughs> – the only reason I say it is because, like, he shot some range jumpers last year. This Celtics team, the offense is obviously a lot different. They shoot a lot of threes and more so last year. You don't think he ever gets to the point where he's even attempting one to space the floor?
0: No, no, he, he, I mean, it's, he shot a few mid-range jumpers, like, mm. like maybe like 10 all year long. <laughs> and that's fine. But I mean, there's, I mean, we're miles away from him figuring something out, you know, as far as anything goes, I'm looking at it right now, 20% of his shots came from 10 to 16 feet last year. So that's mm-hmm. still probably right around the edges of the paint. Um, you know, so that's, I'm sorry. That's his field goal percentage, attempts wise, one percent. You know, from ten to sixteen feet, one percent from sixteen to to the to the arc. So I, I can't imagine there's ever going to be a point where we see him regularly shooting three pointers. He does. He also doesn't seem to have the kind of the, the shot for that. He gets mm-hmm. no lift on a shot at all. He doesn't really get real good arc on his shot. So it would take years and years of development for that to happen. And this is a guy who's now in, well, what's he, in year five now? So, I, so yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, he's still, he's he's only 25. So maybe it comes, but I would, you know, focus on what, what we do well. Sometimes we get so worried about what a player can't do that we mm-hmm. overlook what they can do. And it's just, do what you do versus trying to be you know, a shooter. Cause that's probably not going to go anywhere. Great.
1: Couldn't tell if you're talking about Robert Ben Simmons there for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dragged him um, in. Would you
2: rather he develop some, uh, some sort of jump shot or post moves,
0: post moves, hundred percent said rather he's able to duck in on the block against those smaller guys. Mm-hmm. And then you feel comfortable throwing it to him and he can actually turn and get you something good inside from, you know, five feet in. But right now it's, it's pretty much it's lobs, dunks, putbacks, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. And that's not, I'm not complaining because he's great, you know, with that. And you, you sometimes need guys that that's what they do. It's not, there's no complaint, but yeah, if you could on those mismatches where, you know, teams put a small on him, yeah. Get them to you know duck in around the rim. Yeah. That'd be great. Cause you know, any, any sort of just little jump hook or just, you know, turn and power over a guy. That'd be huge.
1: Yeah, uh, g- getting back to the Celtics shooting slump, a little kind of like an offense defense thing. Plus side, December the Celtics are fourth in defensive rating in the league. The defense has turned it around after an early season of a lot of struggles. Uh, the downside is in December they are twenty ninth in offensive rating, and l- like we said, the shooting slumps will happen. Derek White, Sam Hauser, these role players not shooting the ball as well is obviously going to affect the offense, but to go from by far the best offense in the league to in December the wor- you know second worst offense in the league like that's a pretty drastic change and it feels like it's it's more than just a shooting slump for a few guys w- what do you think is happening with the Celtics that when these role players are you know in the shooting slump how is the offense going from 1 to 29 cuz like I said it feels like more than just a slump
0: yeah when guys aren't making shots and we've seen it now we there were a few examples where uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum passed up what would have been kickout passes earlier this year mm-hmm. to look for something different or to then hold it and dribble into a shot themselves. And that's where I think it all falls apart because then it becomes all right, if the role players aren't making the shots. I'm the star I'm the guy who's supposed to get us Over the hump here so I need to do More and then that turns into just a mess And that's where you know they they they, they Get out of the game plan and those kind of things And sometimes I'd rather see throw It out to the guy play the right way even If the result isn't good then Play play you know basketball that's not what you're set up to play um, I think too We're getting too much Into looking at these December stats Because I've seen a lot of people getting into that Al Horford barely has played right he missed what was it five games in a row or whatever it was um yeah you know you didn't have rob at all in that stretch but even if you just go with the guys who were there Horford's obviously hugely important to this offense especially as a connector um yeah, it was great. I loved the Blake Griffin you know, run there too, but I think they got basically everything you're going to get out of him. Now mm-hmm. it's like maybe we'll go back to him play him once a week or so, and it'll be fine. But as they played some better teams without Al Horford, you saw just everything get a little bit harder on offense. And then, yeah, some of the shooters are slumping. Some of the guys are are not hitting the shots that they hit earlier. But I would also argue Tatum and Brown haven't hit well from the outside all year long or at least up to their own established levels. Neither one of them is his shot. Well, I want to say, let me look it up now to make sure I'm being accurate. Yeah, Jalen Brown's at 34.5%, and Jason Tatum is at, he's now up to 36% on the season, but 36% for Tatum's under his career mark. And then for Jalen Brown, I want to say that's under his career mark as well. I know Jalen had a little bit further to go to lift himself there. Yeah, he's at 37% percent career shooter so those two guys haven't made shots at the level now they're taking tougher shots and those kind of things so i'm not it's not good criticism because they're not in a bad place shooting wise but it's it's just you know i that that was what i thought would balance as some of the some of the role players cooled off a bit i thought Tatum and brown's shooting percentages might tick back up into their normal range but that hasn't happened yet but it's you know we're a third of the way through the season there's still a lot of games to go yet
1: yeah yeah Tatum and Brown three-point shooting hasn't been there and like you said I, I mean just last night I, I remember I was there watching it I think I said something in the, this Celtics blog chat J- Jalen Brown goes on a fast break Sam Hauser's wide open in the corner and he just takes some turnaround spin yeah. layup I don't, I don't even know how to describe it it's it's frustrating to watch and I think you saw it a lot uh, on that California trip too I mean uh Golden State LA LA um three games they probably should have lost all of them I mean mm-hmm. I mean they deserve to lose that Lakers game after the right. way they collapsed but uh yeah, it, it's been frustrating to watch them kind of divert back to some of these 2021 tendencies. How I, That's how I describe them. Uh, the start of last year. If you do Speaking... want silver lining, though, that that first stretch of the game with Horford back, they did play well mm-hmm. but before
2: they kind of mm-hmm. gave up the lead. So to your point, Keith, like not having them or him for those five games and winning two of them on the road against division rivals is decent. It sucks that they lost three of the last four. Yeah, but. It, it proves that he is truly important to this team. Not only his ability to pl- help the offense and stretch the floor, but his defensive versatility, being able to guard the perimeter. You don't see them having to play drop coverage like they did against the Warriors and Clippers because Blake Griffin's out there.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know, anybody who thinks a 4-2 and two, uh, road trip is bad is insane. <laughs> Like, Richard not, Jefferson, you know, the, yeah, the, these <laughs> guys are not the, uh, you know, the the Warriors or the Bulls of, you know, that, you know, the, those historic teams. They, they were never going to threaten seventy wins. And you know, it was funny because I had a few people saying like, "You think they could be all time great?" And it's like they've already lost like four games. Like those teams <laughs> were losing their fourth game in like March. So like, no, I don't think they're they're going to be that good. It, it's just I think people's perceptions got a little bit warped. I also tend to think Boston fans are very spoiled. I think it's, you know, unless, unless you are winning every game, then you're terrible and you stink. And that's, you know, it. And and right now I think people have, they're angry about a lot of things. So it's anytime, you know, the Celtics or, or the Bruins don't come through for them, then they're getting even more mad right? Because it's like, Hey, you guys are supposed to be the ones who are now carrying the city here. And it's like, it's they're, they're 22 and eight. They still have the best record in the league. Hey, I get it. The Orlando game. I'm not going to try to say it's not a bad loss. Cause it is. It, you should be beating teams at home. Like Orlando, uh, you know, there's just, there, there's no way around that, but you know what? Everybody has bad losses. The bucks just lost by 40 to to the Grizzlies yep. in a game where Milwaukee played every, almost everybody. So i'm not exactly sure you know where where we go with that it's you know it's one of those things where it's you know i i it's i just i guess for me it's they lost it it happens you know sometimes seems loose games it's it's not one of those things where you want to get you know too worked up over it one way or the other
1: yeah for sure and uh we have a few more minutes with you here uh the reason we wanted to have you on this time of year is because december 15th is the unofficial start of nba trade deadline obviously like you said the celtics Best team in the NBA right now. Probably going to have a relatively quiet season in terms of trades, but there are some you know, TPE candidates, some people saying, oh, they could fill this gap, fill this gap, throw a couple seconds, throw a pick at a team to get a young player. Uh, I know Sadiq Bey has been thrown around in recent days. I know, you know s- some potential names we've thought of, purely in terms of they would fit the TPE and could potentially be available or you know, Cam Reddish, P.J. Washington, even Matisse Teibel, if the Sixers don't really have anything to do with him. I'm not saying the Celtics should necessarily trade uh, for any of those pieces, but do you think there will be a move that the Celtics make this year or do you think it's a completely quiet deadline?
0: I think it's more likely it's quiet than they do anything that's really impactful. I think the problem with a lot of the guys you mentioned that fit the TPE, there are guys who need paid. They already have Grant Williams, who needs paid, and they paid a whole bunch of other guys. So this is not a team that's going to approach Nets, Warriors, Clippers levels of the tax. So they're not going to go out getting all these guys. And the thing I would say is, and I know you weren't saying that they're all perfect fits, more that they fit inside the TPEs. But when you're at the level the Celtics are, it's not about collecting talent. That's not what it's about. It's about finding guys who fit in what they need and actually fill a hole. And the question I would ask to anybody is so like Sadiq Bay, because it's been my entire morning here on Saturday has been I, that's why know, I why, said it. I thought yeah it. <laughs> well why why you know why don't the Celtics go get it to Sadiq Bay well one the Pistons are asking for a first round pick for him. So I, I might argue with anybody who says give up a first round pick for him. That's probably fair. But who's he gonna play over? Who who would you put him in the rotation over right now? Uh, on the Celtics. Remembering fit is what matters. He's another on ball guy who needs shots. I don't know where he's getting them in this offense. He can't shoot. You know, people are trying to argue with me because he shot 38% from three as a rookie. He's been absolutely brutal the last two years as a shooter. And for his career, he's at 40% overall. So, you know, if he can shoot, why doesn't the ball go in more? That's the question I always <laughs> ask with, you know, whenever, whenever, whenever anybody tells me this guy's a good shooter, it's just not going in. Well, okay, that's fine if that's a week, a month, even two months, even one bad season. But when you have multiple seasons of data, I don't know, they, you're not a shooter if it doesn't go in. So, you know, I'd question that with him. Matisse Theibel, I don't think there's a place for him anywhere near this roster. I mean, he, well, what's he going to add? Who Who is he better than that actually plays because I've seen people, well, he's better than Justin Jackson. Okay, cool. But he doesn't play. (laughs) So, you know, you're, you're not trying to build a fantasy team here. You're trying to build a real team that fits. So those those are the questions I ask. And for those reasons, it's not, it's not that the Celtics are perfect because they're obviously not, if they were, they'd be 30, and zero and winning every game by 20 plus points. But I just don't know that there's upgrades that jump out that you can really look at and say, all right, that makes sense, given the price you pay for it now and in the future to resign the player to, to go make those deals. That's why I tend to think it's going to be a little bit quieter uh, of a deadline than, you know, than maybe what we've been used to the last couple of years.
2: Which is fine because the team's close to where it should be Yeah, compared yeah. to last season where the sky was falling for the first half of the season there was actually mm-hmm. work to be done. People just love excitement. It's so funny – That is the best argument I've ever heard about someone not being a good shooter. The ball is not going in. They're not a good shooter. It's that simple. Uh, People just remember him lighting up the Celtics those couple times. He did it. That's why they think he's the greatest.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had somebody be like, he scored 54 points in a game last year or whatever it was. Yeah. Against an Orlando team when both teams were in complete tank mode at the very end of the season. Like, that's awesome. That's a great for him. Like what a cool accomplishment. Like that's, that's amazing. But I don't think that means you're bringing him in because my my thing on on Sadiq Bey, since he seems to be the topic du jour, is I would not play him over Sam Hauser right now for this Celtics team. If they were both on the Pistons, I'd 100% play Sadiq Bay. He's a better all around player. He can do a lot more things on the floor. He can do that. But for this Celtics team, they need off ball shooters who can run around, get open, make knockdown shots. Where a guy like Bay, I just I don't trust that he's going to do that. Yeah, his shooting percentage probably ticks up a little bit because he'd see better looks than what he's seeing. But it's funny, you know, people are saying, well, Hauser can't shoot anymore either because it's been two weeks while well, <sighs> using Sadiq Bay's. Two weeks in December of good shooting as like the the barometer of see he can shoot. And it's like, what like what are we doing here? I just, you know, those things confuse me. I think I think what happens with a lot of fans is they see a name and they're instantly like, we why are we not in on this guy? It's yeah. gonna happen with some bigger name come deadline time, right? Somebody who's probably a you know a pretty good player, and it's gonna be, well, why are the Celtics not in on him? Well, he makes $35 million. Who are you gonna trade? To go get him right and then unless you're Talking trading Brown Or Horford and you know Two other guys like I don't know how you're Going to get there and that's that's again the problem With not understanding this Isn't just you know this isn't your fantasy League where you know most of those Don't play within any kind of salary cap And you can just start throwing stuff around And go get guys that's not how it works you have to Be able to match salary and trades
1: For sure all right before we get you Out of here I just have one question that can be very brief Uh, Non Celtics Trade deadline, you see some big names. Kuzma's a a name, John Collins, Westbrook. If you had to pick one or two guys that you think will be in different threads by the time the trade deadline's over, who are you going with?
0: Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I think two names for certain that I feel pretty confident are going to be traded are Jay Crowder. I think we all know that, right? (laughs) There's no reason for the Suns. Even if it's it's five minutes before the deadline and all you're getting is a second-round pick, you might as well trade him Mm because it's better than the nothing you're going to get out of him for the rest of the season. Um, I also do think John Collins may get moved. Uh, I think you, you can't be in year five of trade rumors, and then eventually not get traded unless apparently you're Miles Turner who is you <laughs> know just you know that's going to be his his career right yep. the rest of his career <laughs> is going to be you know Miles Turner may get may get moved may get traded so i um yeah that that one's interesting but yeah and then i'll give you one i just i feel like the warriors are going to trade james wiseman mm. because one he's never going to get there with that team it's just never going to happen for him there is too much pressure they need him to be something he isn't today and i think that is their best piece of salary matching to do something and you can very easily see some form of trade where he's sent to a rebuilding team where he can really play 25 30 35 minutes a night find out what he is see if he can really develop into something um, and the warriors get help that they need now i think the warriors have been living in this um, fantasy world which looked awesome for a while of we're great right now, and we're going to be really good five years from now when the core ages out because we've got Wiseman and Kaminga and Pool and Moody and, you know, all this other stuff. and We'll have cap flexibility as the Stars move along. Now I think the Warriors are going to transition into, uh, we need to maximize what we've got today. Because we still can be pretty good, you know, once we get Steph back on the floor and we've got our guys, we could probably still win another title, maybe even two, if we really hit on the right guys. And I think they're going to give up that idea of let's try to stretch this into a 10-year window, Um, you know, moving forward. Let's just focus on what we have over the next three, four years and try to maximize that. So, And and if they're going to, it has to be Wiseman. At that point, yeah. just just because of what he makes and where you know what his status is, but yeah, definitely Crowder. I I think it'll be a fairly busy trade deadline because mm-hmm. the league's very wide open. You know, I, I think yeah. Boston and Milwaukee have been the two best teams in, in the conference so far, or I mean, in the entire league, really. If we get down to it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I don't think anybody's looking at them as like you know put them in in the finals like they're definitely there and there's nothing we can do i think what we're seeing is teams are looking at and saying there's probably seven eight teams in the west who legitimately feel like yeah we can win the west this year And i think in the east i don't know that teams like the nets um the sixers are really looking at and saying well it's over we can't even you know hope to be boston or milwaukee i think they're feeling like they can get there if you know if they get that shot the challenge is going to be there are going to be enough sellers with actual stuff yeah. to sell because that that starts to become the the, the question mark is you are going to have something like people keep saying like well the rockets are bad are they going to sell what do they have to sell their whole roster is kids you know, outside <laughs> Eric Gordon like they're like that would be dumb right you're not giving up one of the kids like you you know those guys are your guys like you're oh, building boy. around them even Orlando right it's They've got a couple veterans that they could move on from. Guys like Gary Harris, maybe Terrence Ross. Those guys could get moved on from, but for the most part, it's kids. So, you know, now you've got Jakob Pertl floating out there on the Spurs. You've got a handful of other uh, guys on a couple of these teams that they could move on from. Detroit's got a couple vets that they can move, but if you're young, you're you're you don't really have anything to sell. So that becomes a little bit of a sticking point, but another team or two will fall out over the next couple months as we approach the deadline. And that that'll build our market a little bit, but yeah, I think it's got a chance to be a fairly active trade. deadline. Last thing I'll leave you with why I think that too is terrible free agent class. So, what we mm. often see when that happens is teams almost get a jump on like pre agency by trying to go get a guy now. And then it's we've got him for the rest of the year. And then he's did our de facto big offseason acquisition as well. So, we could see something like that also.
1: Everyone prepping for the 2024 class. That's where the heavy hitters come out I
0: think. <laughs> We'll see.
1: I'm we'll ready. see,
0: man. Extensions <laughs> take everybody off the table now. So, that's yeah. The, that's the problem, but it could be. I mean, that that one's got potential to be be a pr- pretty good class. But I've uh, I've I've kind of stopped getting excited two years in advance about free agent <laughs> classes because they all, you know, then, then the next thing you know, we see all these guys sign sign extension deals, and we also don't know mm-hmm. what the new CBA is going to do if they fixes yeah. the the current extension rules and allows players to get paid a little bit more, then. What we'll end up seeing is, you know, all right, this will turn into, you know, a spot where guys will, uh, you know, get paid a little bit, you know, a little bit better. And then even more guys will extend. And we all know the rule in the NBA, right? Extend, take the money now. Cause if two years from now, you don't like it, you just ask for a trade. And that's you know, just, it's <laughs> reality where it is. And I, you know, quite frankly, I don't have a huge issue with it because it continues to create content and drama and mm-hmm. all the things we love about this, this uh, silly league.
1: Love the content always for the content. Uh, I'm live for the trade deadline. Thank you for stopping by. We appreciate it. We'll get you out of here now. Uh, Keith Smith, Celtics blog and spot track Keith Smith, NBA on Twitter. Did I miss anything? Did I I cover all the bases? I I think
0: you're good, man. I think you got them all.
1: (laughs) All right, sweet. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you all for listening and I'll let Sam wrap it up for usual.
2: Yeah. Thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on YouTube on the, how about them Celtics YouTube page? Make sure you leave a like subscribe leave comments about different trades you'd like to see since we got Keith in house <laughs> and make sure you leave a nice review for us. If you're listening on some streaming service and follow us there. So you get all the newest pods again, follow Keith. He's great on Twitter. He's always clapping back at people tweeting nonsense at him, <laughs> putting them in their place. You can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA for all his work on Celtics blog on heavy. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA for all my work. All over the place. That's it for us. It's
0: Chick Come on. Taco. Miss, talk, Come